Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone. Your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. We gotta do song of lyrics again because this is tough. You just have to do the backup. Does anybody out there know what song we're singing at this point? Anyone that's ever picked up a GameCube controller probably knows. That was the Super Smash Brothers Brawl theme. How's it going, everybody? Or hello, everybody. How are you doing? You're listening to the Command Zone Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How is it? It's Josh Lee Quiet. It's okay. We can both say, how is it? That's true. It's fine. It's kind of one of the catchphrases. I'm doing like a how's it. Yeah, how is it? Yeah, you have a Z in the middle of yours. Yeah, that's a Hawaiian thing. Where's that how's it? We used to have a how's it sticker in the background. Yeah. Um... I don't know. I have a few extra at home. I'll okay, try and remember yeah, to bring please, one in. Please bring yeah. them in. Somebody's probably stole it. What happened? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, we're going to have a really fun episode today. We are previewing a Dominary preview card, which may be one of the best cards we've ever previewed, to be honest. Um, it's pretty good. It's probably the best commander in the set? I think so. I would admit... Eh. I think so. You think so. Okay. And we're also going to be discussing the new Brawl format. We've been getting a lot of questions and comments about this on our website, on Twitter, on Facebook. And uh, it's a new format that was announced by Gavin Verhey recently. And we've got to play it a little bit. And we have a lot of thoughts on it. But first, this podcast is brought to you by CardKingdom.com slash Command Zone. That's the affiliate link. It's super easy to use. You go to CardKingdom.com slash Command Zone and you buy all your singles, all your sealed product, whatever you want. Super fast shipping. Card Kingdom has been there with us since almost two years now. They're amazing. So use that affiliate link the next time you're buying some Magic Cards. And another way to support the show is to uh, support our other sponsor, which is Ultra Pro. You know, Ultra Pro recently came out with 100 packs of the eclipse sleeves i know yes. this is something that all of you for a long time have been asking for and i know that ultra pro pays attention to like the the youtube comments on the game nights episodes and things like that so this is something that they're bringing to us because they've seen that there's a big demand for it so finally with the convenience of 100 pack sleeves it'll be a lot easier on us yeah. because you know we're not a 60 card format although we might be a little bit soon because of Brawl. Yeah. Actually, Ultra Pro's done a really good job listening to feedback and addressing it. The Eclipse sleeves, I think, came out of a lot of people complaining about not having, you know, like, would they really want a really high-quality sleeve? And Ultra Pro's like, you know what? We need to address this issue. And the same thing goes with these 100-pack sleeves here. So, uh, obviously, love Ultra Pro as well. The final way to support the show is directly through Patreon.com slash Command Zone. That's where our lucky patrons can, you know to get in direct contact with us send us messages see game nights early see game nights early that is definitely a big pull uh also we do some patreon exclusive stuff occasionally uh we also have a discord server all sorts of good stuff going over if you want the uh, show notes for the podcast episodes or a you know downloadable version uh, mp3 of the audio versions then patrons have access to that as well uh oh, oh yeah and we do call out one lucky patron every single episode and this episode is dedicated to Morton Burger. 
Bjur, Bjurge. I never know how you're supposed to pronounce the umlaut. The umlaut is pronounced, I think, as it sounds. Like is it Bjurger? Um, umlaut. Bjur, in, in America, it would be burger, but I think it's Bjurger. Yeah, I think umlaut, you, you, it's like this sound. Bjurger. Bjur, oh, bjur, bjur, all the Germans bjur, and Austrians and everybody out there just shaking their heads at us I'm just right going, Bjurger. I did it right the first time. Okay, well, on that note, let's move on to our Dominaria preview card. Now, the text of this card was revealed a couple weeks ago. Um, there was a big leak of a lot of the Dominary stuff. Um, if you pay attention to Magic stuff online, you knew that this yeah. happened. And what happened is, I guess there was a, the official Wizards uh, website in like China had accidentally like released the text, but it was in Chinese. And so Wizards came out and said, you know what? Instead of everybody out here like badly translating the stuff, yeah, uh, we're just going to release the text only. So we have had the text, but this is the first time I think that anybody's going to be able to see the art on this card, and it's pretty cool art for sure. Yeah, as well as the yeah, oh, well, we all already know the text, but yeah. but still, the card is ridiculous. So it's Moldrotha, the Grave Tide. Moldrotha is three green, blue, and black. So six mana total for a six six legendary creature, elemental avatar. Her text is, during each of your turns, you may play up to one permanent card of each permanent type from your graveyard. <laughs> and then it has reminder text. If a card has multiple permanent types, choose one as you play it. So it's kind of a Carador, Marin-esque type of card. Although those Carador and Marin, they only do creatures. Right. I mean, Moldrath is also like a Crucible of Worlds. Yeah, because it's land a is a permanent type. type. Yeah, yeah, and it's a really, it's a really powerful card. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little bit like it feels ridiculous. Um, full disclosure, uh, um, we've had a chance to play with and against this card. Um, I guess we can just say it here. So the next game nights is going to be a brawl episode. We we played brawl, and as a result, Jimmy, I, and our two guests, who we will announce at some point in the future built Brawl decks. Mm -hmm. um, I built the Moldrotha deck, and we've played Brawl a few times. So we have seen this card in play, not in Commander, but in something very similar. Um, I don't know, playing against it. It's absurdly powerful, um, especially in a format, and we'll talk about this later. So for Brawl, for those of you that don't know, is a new format announced by Wizards. It's 60 cards singleton, with your commander as one of them. You can have Planeswalkers as your commander, but it's only cards that are legal in Standard. So when Dominaria comes out, this is going to be cards from Kaladesh all the way through Dominaria, and Muldrotha the Grave Titan might be the best commander out of all of those sets combined. No. Um, it, the fact that you can just play permanents like lands means you can do... I mean, I don't know if you guys remember when I played uh, a deck with Silas Wren and was able to cast Expedition Map a bunch of times. Imagine being able to do that, but without having to attack someone and deal damage to them to do it, you know? And Moldrotha obviously is a six-cost commander, and it's a, we'll talk about also ramping and stuff in Brawl, and it's a little harder, but it's so immune to just everything. Board wipes. It's. I mean, Moldrotha may die, but you're going to be able to get a lot of your stuff back. Even if people are Vandal Blasting stuff, Moldrotha doesn't really care about that. Yeah, the ability to recraft stuff is incredible. And the fact that, like, think of Carador, it's one thing. Mm -hmm. Think of Marin, it's one thing. Moldrotha has the ability to get you, you know, four or five things. I mean, you got Planeswalkers, you've got Artifact, Enchantment, Creature, Land. It's a lot of value you can get in any given turn. Um, and you get to choose between those things. Yeah, I found the card to be extremely powerful. Very fun to play. Um 
Well, let's talk about it for Commander here because I think, you know, that's obviously the big... We're going to talk about Brawl later, but, you know, most people out there, we know you play Commander and Brawl mm-hmm. is something that's sort of new on the radar. So some cards that are crazy, I think, with this Commander. Oh, yeah. Something like Mystic Remora. Because you can just not pay the cumulative upkeep and then just play it back out yeah. from your graveyard. So Mystic Remora makes your opponents either pay four extra mana for their non-creature spells or you draw a card. And it has a cumulative upkeep. So eventually it gets to the point where you can't pay the upkeep cost and it goes away. And that's kind of what how it's quote-unquote balanced. Yep. But you just play it for one blue mana, not pay the cumulative upkeep, play it out of your graveyard for one blue mana and just yeah. keep it around for one blue mana. You know, if that's your one enchantment for the turn. Yeah, it's great because it is very low cost. And in a deck like this, you're trying to cast a six drop, you're probably going to build a lot of ramp in there as well as you're in green and blue. So you're going to have a lot of access to ramp. So doing cards that you can replay constantly and also board wipes like Pernicious Deed are extremely powerful in this deck. Well, I mean, board wipe, that is a permanent type. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, it's going to sit out there and you can hold up threat of activation. But also if you just end up doing it for one or for zero a lot of times against tokens, you know, it feels bad when you're like, all right, I have to deed for zero right now. But if you're able to play deed multiple times in the game, then you don't feel bad ever. You know, it's it's like, it's a super controlling Sultai deck is what I saw. And the value engine that Moldrotha gives you is absurd. Just because you're able to replay cards that normally, once they're gone, you're just like, okay, unless I can regrowth it, or find a way to get it back into my hand, it's just going to be there for the rest of the game. Yeah, so Pernicious Deed is an enchantment that you basically, once you get it out, you pay X, and then you destroy uh, everything that's X or less. So Muldrotha's high CMC actually plays into right. Pernicious Deed there because you can sort of play it, and as long as you're five or less, you just blow up everything, mm-hmm. play it out again because it's an enchantment, do it again if you feel like it. That card's insane. I think the most insane card in the entire deck... And it's an expensive card. It's a very expensive card, but um, it's Lion's Eye Diamond. Right. So Lion's Eye Diamond is a zero-cost artifact. You activate it, you discard your entire hand, and then it Black Lotuses. You get three mana of any color. So that's usually not great. I mean, it's great in certain decks, like Narset decks and things like that. I've seen it. Storm, it's incredibly powerful in. But in this deck, you don't care that you discarded the cards. They go to your graveyard, you can still cast them. Also, you can play the Lion's Eye Diamond out of your graveyard as your artifact for a turn. Yeah. For zero. Get so it can give you six mana the turn you cast it. Right. Cast it for zero, sack it, cast it for zero, sack, sack it. it. That's insane. Um, and like I said, usually that downside of discard your entire hand can be bad unless your deck's built around it. Mm-hmm. In Moldrotha, your deck's automatically built around it. Doesn't care. Wants cards in the graveyard. That's the same as cards in your hand. Yeah. I mean, you might think like, oh, but you can only cast one of each permanent type out of your graveyard. Well, if you're still casting three spells in the turn, that is more than enough to like really take a powerful position. It's not like you're trying to go so crazy. I think people see cards like this sometimes and be like, well, it's not the best it could be, but still pretty good. So I would definitely not... I wouldn't, I wouldn't sweep this under the rug. This card is really good. Plus, you can sort of use cards that are permanent types to get cards that aren't. So you can right. kind of start getting to the point where Modrotha can sort of get you back instants and sorceries because you have Archaeomancer. Mm-hmm. You have things like Eternal Witness, even Mnemonic Snapcaster walls, Mage, yeah. Mnemonic Wall. These are things that when they come into play, they're creatures, but you can get something out of your graveyard. And this is a sorcery in some cases. E-Witness, it's, it's anything. Mm-hmm. Um and then so you can start replaying instants and sorceries every turn. So Muldrotha very, I think, if you want to, becomes sort of play anything from your graveyard. Yeah. You just sometimes have to take an extra step. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that seems insane to me. I put fog frog on here. <laughs> yeah, something that you have to sack. Things that are like, well, this is a one-time use, but it's really powerful. I mean, having something that can recur that often, obviously this deck is very weak to graveyard hate, but at the same time, you know, it's one of those things where if you lose your graveyard, you just start milling yourself again. You start putting things back into your graveyard. You can rebuild back to a powerful position really quickly. Yeah, Planes mill will- and dredge, self-mill yeah. and dredge are going to be really good in this deck because everything you put in your graveyard is in your hand. So, you know, if your graveyard's got 40 cards in it, even if you only have three cards in your hand, you kind of have 43 cards in your hand. Yeah, you get to, you only get to cast, you know, six of them total maybe, but that's still, again, better than only having three cards in your hand. Um, Planeswalkers are really good because they're relatively new in the world of Magic, and there are not that many effects that say exile target Planeswalker. There are a lot more now and slowly, but like Destroy Planeswalker is a card that exists. Or Usually just, you get rid of Planeswalkers by attacking them. Yeah. Yeah, Which not by using them. specific because yeah. you don't want to put those spells in your deck that are only targeting planeswalkers or whatever. Uh, so being able to recast planeswalkers, that's crazy. Yeah, that's something I found when building the deck was that you know most of the time the planeswalker is just going to die, and a lot of planeswalkers you don't want to play because you're like, well, put it into play, and the plus is like draw a card or something, and it's just going to get attacked and die. But that's fine with Moldrotha because then you can always recast it. Yeah. So um, something like what's the ec- the Nissa that has an X in her mana cost? Oh, Steward Developments. That card's insane because you can just cast it on three. Right. And do not care if it dies because you can cast it again later. For, for more. whatever mana you happen to want to spend on her at that moment. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. So, so Muldrotha, as we said, got Crucible of Worlds. So all the cards that are good with Crucible of Worlds are also good with Muldrotha. So things like Fetchlands, mm-hmm. Strip Mine, Brutal. Um, Command Beacon. Command Beacon is a really, really good one. <laughs> a super good one. Because it'll mean that you don't ever really have to pay commander tax yeah. on Muldrotha. Uh, Command Beacon, you sack it, and then you put the commander from the command zone into your hand. So you can cast it from your hand without paying commander tax. And then you can replay the Command Beacon from yeah. your graveyard. So you can just kind of, you know, it's hard for people to go with the strategy of like, let's just kill Muldrotha enough times that it's so oppressive to cast that we mm-hmm. kind of keep that deck under control. Um, Animate Dead, I think, is a really good card in this deck because it's an enchantment that allows you to get two creatures out. Right. So you're getting max value from something like that. Um, I like that you put Dream Halls down here, one of my all-time favorite cards. I think Dream Halls is insane in this deck because you want to discard the cards. And then also you can cast the cards out of your graveyard using the Dream Halls. Using the Dream Halls, yeah. So you're like, oh, I wish I had this enchantment in my hand. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna play that, but first I'm gonna cast a creature that shares a color with it out of my graveyard for free. That'll put it in the graveyard. Then I'll and then cast I can it cast for that free. for free. Yeah, yeah. Dream Halls. Sorry if you don't know what Dream Halls is. It's an enchantment and it allows any player. Mm-hmm. So be a little careful. But instead of paying the mana cost for a spell, you can just discard a um, card that, a card shares, that a shares a color, color. with it. Yeah. yeah, and then play it for free. So if you want to play like a blue-green card at your graveyard, you can discard a blue card and and play it for free with Muldrotha. Yeah, and then that card's in your graveyard, which is totally fine with you. Uh, Dead Eye Navigator is obviously incredibly powerful. As soon as you flicker Moldrotha once, you're going to get the ability to cast stuff again. So you can get two lands. Or not two lands, sorry, that actually breaks rules. You can get two permanents. So you can get yeah, you two can't artifacts. Play extra lands in a turn, but yeah. So yeah. think of Lion's Eye Diamond with Dead Eye Navigator and Moldrotha, right? Yeah. Oh Di- that's infinite mana because Lion's Eye Diamond creates three blue, mm-hmm. goes to your graveyard. Two of the blue, you activate Dead Eye, flicker the Moldrotha. Now that's a different Moldrotha, so it allows you to play another artifact out of your graveyard. You play the Lion's Eye Diamond, diamond, flicker it, and every time you're gaining one mana, so you can 
go infinite there. You can do the same thing kind of, I think, with like Phantasmal Image and s- jump through some other hoops with like Animate Dead and stuff. Yeah. And Sakashima is also probably good in this deck just to have two Moldrothas constantly on the battlefield. <laughs> yeah. That's a really good point because you can play two of everything. And and things like Mishra's Bobble, Lotus Petal, the zero-cost artifacts mm-hmm. that give you value wouldn't normally be great in Commander, but because you can play them over and over again they become very, very good. Not to mention, these cards get you to cast your commander faster, too. Yes. So they're going to ramp you towards it. And usually it's a very delicate strategy being like, well, you don't want all your hand to be ramp and all that stuff so that when you play your commander, you have nothing in your hand. But like by that point, all the cards that you've used are in your graveyard, and you can just start using them again. Good point. So um, very powerful. Walking Ballista is another really good card in the deck. Any yeah. card that does something and puts itself into the graveyard is good because then you get to do that again, basically. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's just sort of a grindy, attrition-y type of deck. A lot of people I saw online were talking about it would be good with, like, stacks. Um, right. It's really good with, like, Merciless Executioners and Fleshbag Marauders because you can just play them every turn, yeah. sack the thing, it goes back to the graveyard. You could take a lot of hints from Marin decks and from Carrier decks about what creatures they use that are so good when they come back over and over again. I mean, I could definitely see this becoming a very power. I don't know if it's going to be tier one just because it costs six, but at the same time, like we just said, you can play the Lion's Eye Diamonds to to ramp it out by like turn three or four, you know? Yeah, you could technically do it on turn three. Um, Yeah. I mean, one thing I found when playing it was you usually wanted to play it and then be able to get at least some value. Mm -hmm. So if you played it on turn four with the Lion's Eye Diamond and then got a land out of your graveyard, then maybe, you know, play the Mishra's Bobble, Lotus Petal, you know, you could do some crazy stuff. It might... We're we're not. I always get worried. You can do it by turn two. This. You can cast by turn two. Yeah, with like a turn one soul ring signet, soul and then ring turn two yeah, signet yeah. lines eye diamond. Yeah, yeah. Oh, turn two, you don't even need the other signet. Just land, land soul ring. Yeah, signet. Yeah. So crazy. Maybe it. I I always get nervous when we talk about competitive EDH because we're not competitive EDH players, but it feels like it's probably not quite tier one, but just the you know one point five or two. Yeah, but it could be tier one. It's the type of card that just it doesn't do the things tier one decks normally do though, which is tutor. Yeah, or cheap mana cost. Mm-hmm. It's value, but it doesn't you have to pay full cost for? Stuff. That's actually I think the problem with the law of Sultai decks is that it's very good at not winning. <laughs> it's very good at being like, look at this value I got in black, blue, and green, obviously. But it's hard to you know you have to build in the win conditions. I don't yeah. think many Sultai commanders have built in win conditions in them in the same way that like Zur the Enchanter does. Okay, so that's kind of the quick overview of Moldrotha. This may be the first deck where I have a commander version and a brawl version. I am I'm thinking of building a commander version almost immediately. It yeah. just seems like it's too much fun. It's a super fun deck, right? Because you just... In Magic, one of the most fun things is just having a lot of options. Yeah. So that in every situation... Because one of the least fun things is sitting there and not being able to do anything. So Moldrotha is the type of card where you just always have a lot of possible stuff you can do. Yeah. You know, you're never just sitting there where like, this is the one card I have, I'm going to play it. You're like, well, I have these choices. I have my graveyard, I have my hands. You know, I can cycle through things. Another thing we should say is cycling is very good with Moldrotha. Cycling is absurd. Yeah, because oh my gosh, so cycle good. the card, puts it in the graveyard, now you can cast it out of the graveyard. Um, yeah, I'm pretty excited about building a commander deck. I think you can build, you know, a lot of different ways too. Yeah, you can be super controlly. You can be more on the combo side, or you can be very reactive as well. Um, for me too, there's not enough graveyard hate indexed to constantly shut this deck down because you can wipe its graveyard out maybe one or two times, and it's still going to be able to just keep churning cards into it and finding other ways of you know you're going to build a lot of that redundancy in there. So there's also powerful. it's a little bit safer than some things like Carador targets 
Marin targets, and in right. response, they can do a thing. But um, like, if you have Deathrite Shaman, you can't. It's hard. I'm casting the card from my graveyard. Right. Like, when I go to cast it, it's not there anymore. Yeah, I don't yeah, like yeah. target it and then go. So you have to sort of preemptively remove something. So then it's like, fine, I cast something else. So yeah, Bojuka Bog and things that are just like oh, graveyard 100% gone is good. But some of the targeted stuff won't work. Like scavenging ooze and stuff won't work mm-hmm. as good. I mean, you can obviously get rid of their best things so they can't get it. But it's hard to like be like, you know, Deathrite can only activate on one thing. You yeah, know? you have to wait to respond. You have to, Majority Deck has to give you a chance to be like, okay, now that you've chosen to do something, I can choose to get rid of this or that. Right, but, but by that point, they might have already cast the thing. The it's most the important stack. thing, yeah. Yeah, and so that's a pretty interesting thing too, which I think makes it powerful. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're going to leave behind uh, Muldrotha and the preview part of the episode, and we're going to move into the brawl part, the new format. Push, push, brawl. Game Night alum, uh, Gavin Verhe announced it. That's pretty cool. Um, obviously, we knew about this for a while now because of the Game Nights episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had to build the decks. We had to recruit guests, have them build the decks. So we've played a few a few rounds, a few games of Brawl. Um, so I guess let's just go over the rules one more time here so everyone's on the same page, and then we'll yeah. kind of break down what we think about the format. We're just going to give opinions on the format. It's pretty interesting um, and just say what we think and, and what our experiences have been as far as playing it. So... There's basically like six rules that change it from commander. And if you want to think of it as commander, but for standard. Standard mander. Yeah. Standard, standard mander. Standard. Castander. Standard. Castander? Castander. Come standard. No, that's bad. Well, we're not going to solve that right now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Clearly. Okay. So the first rule change is it's just like commander in that you have a general, you have a commander. And that commander determines the color identity for your deck. You pay commander tax. It's all the same interactions as far as moving it to the command zone. If it were to get tucked or exiled or whatever, you can do the Mm -hmm. same things. The one difference here is that you are allowed in Brawl to use Planeswalkers as commanders. Right. We've seen this happen already. Yeah, this is something that's been talked about for commander. I guess let's go through all the rules and we'll go back. Okay. So number two is there is no commander damage in Brawl. I'm not going to... Okay. (laughs) <laughs> three is um <laughs> number three players begin at 30 life instead of 40 uh gavin told us this is because you know obviously a smaller card pool much smaller because of st- only standard legal cards um 40 life is totally right by yeah the way. 40 life just made it too long and you know honestly oh god i don't want to if commander went to 30 life i don't think it would be the worst thing ever as far as like speeding up games um but then what would you do about the people that say infect should be at 20 okay would that be at 15 then instead <laughs> uh number four it's still a singleton format so besides basic lands um your deck can only include one copy of any card so it's just like commander in that mm-hmm. way but decks can only have 60 cards and that's 59 really because you're commander and 59 cards so again gavin explained to us this is because the card pool is just smaller, and if you force people to build 100-card decks, the power level is actually too low, and it's hard for games to yeah. end. Yeah, right? you start so, filling your deck with fluff yeah. instead of being able to just make a real deck. Uh, and then sort of the last big thing, and we've already alluded to it, is you can only use cards that are, that are currently legal and standard. So that means right now um, you can use Kaladesh, Aether Revolt, Amonkhet, Hour of Devastation, Ixalan, Rivals of Ixalan, and soon-to-be Dominaria. Those are the cards that are legal. Cards from those sets are the only ones legal in Brawl. Mm -hmm. It also uses the standard band list. So Smuggler's Copter, 
no good. Um, cat combo. Yeah, the cat that flickers Sahili Rai and keeps making copies of it. So you can't, can't play do the that. Cat. Um, and I guess we should also say for those that don't know, uh, things like masterpieces that were in Kaladesh and the Revolt, they're right. not legal and standard, so they wouldn't be legal in uh, in Brawl either. Which means you can't pimp out your deck as hard. Sorry, but it's sorry, standard. Catches. Yeah. Standard legal cards only. And that means that the cards are also going to rotate. Well, we'll talk about this as we go through. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so yeah, let's go down the list. One is basically Planeswalkers can be commanders. Right? Yeah. What do you think about it? Uh, I think this should be fine in this format. Now, we already said that it's probably not that powerful in commander. The only thing that would happen is just you would extend games because people would start having to attack the planeswalkers instead. And that's kind of like life gain is you're adding an extra however much loyalty they have to your life total because they want to kill that thing first. Um, and I don't think there are any two busted planeswalkers in this format currently that are going to like warp the format in any way. Um, and at the very least... I think this is a great testing ground to see if Planeswalkers, if this is something that maybe the rules committee wants to do for Commander at large. Yeah. I mean, I've been outspoken about being against the Planeswalker as commanders in overall commander. Just, And it's not even because I think they'll be too powerful. It's because of that. I think they yeah. just create longer games, and we should be moving somehow towards shorter games if we can because I think that's one of the biggest knocks against the format is you can mm-hmm. really only play it if you have two hours available. Like, yeah. It's kind of ridiculous. And sometimes if you're unlucky, you just sit there and you only get one game in an entire session. It feels bad. Yeah. Um, um, and, and one thing we did see when playing our games of brawl is that I think that planeswalkers as commanders do tend to make games longer, um, in the format. Yeah. They can't attack. So you're playing a thing where everybody, you know, normal commander can at least chip in there for, you know, Muldrotha can swing for six. That's a real amount of damage. That's 20% of somebody's life total in the format. Yeah. Um, you know, if you play Chandra, she can't do that. She can't she'll swing do, at anybody. She'll do two damage though. With yeah. Ability. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that wasn't the best. If you play Vraska, she can't do that. There you go. Well, she makes two twos that can then attack. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I would also say too that if we were to do commanders that were legal or planeswalkers legal as commanders in commander, you'd have to have again another ban list probably that says commanders. At least Soren, right? Yeah, Soren, maybe even like something like Karn, because like that would just lead to probably unfun game experiences if you're just restarting the game constantly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and not to mention, I think the problem with that in Commander is that any deck can just run Doubling Season that has green, and then boom, you've got like... You probably have to ban Doubling Season. I think that would be... Yeah. That would have to go if you could have command, uh, Planeswalker 6 Commander. Yeah. yeah. I'm interested to see what happens. You know, in our limited testing, we were only able to see one Planeswalker as a Commander that someone built... Um, again, this is a brand new format, and we're you know trying to build decks for the first time here. So I don't know whether or not what we did was optimal, whether or not it's going to be busted, or if it's just going to be you know whatever. Compared to Moldrotha, though, honestly, I don't think any Planeswalker can hold a candle up to that card. And one of the things Gavin told us um, when we were sort of starting the process of building the decks, he kind of gave us a rundown of the format and his you know experiences, and they've obviously played it a lot over at Wizards. Was that they generally found Planeswalkers to actually not be the most powerful, not that great. Yeah, um, I think fun for flavor, fun yeah. for like a fun deck building experiment, and maybe that's where there's going to be a lot of appeal for this format is stuff like that. But in terms of power level, I don't think you're really going to get there. All right, the second di- rules differential is that there is no commander damage in Brawl. What do you think about that? Uh, I think that's fine, given that our life totals are lower. But at the same time, I don't also think a Voltron build is viable in this format because you need to have, you know, think about the things that make Voltron really work in other decks. It's like Lightning Greaves, Swiftfoot Boots, uh, really nice equipment. And you don't have a lot of those tools at your disposal. So I don't think that commander damage is going to be as viable because, like, you either build your deck to try and kill someone with commander damage, I think, personally, or your deck just isn't trying to do that. So... 
And I think also because you're playing with standard, the closer you get to standard in Magic the Gathering, the further away from it you get, you use less creatures. The closer you get to it, you use more creatures. So I think commander damage just wouldn't be a viable strategy. I'm, uh, I mean, everyone who watched the Commander Summit, and there was a lot of you because I've gotten a lot of messages and tweets about it. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of commander damage. Now, I think I wasn't clear in that episode where I don't think it should be taken out of commander because right. <laughs> I don't think it should be taken out, but I don't think it should be taken out at this point because it's so entrenched in that format that I, I don't believe that like just killing a bunch of people's decks for no reason w- you know, would be great. But yeah. this is a new format, and starting it without it, I think, is just cleaner. Commander damage is just complicated. It's just right there. I, don't, I can't tell you how many times someone sent us a question being like, if my commander can ping someone, does that mean it's commander damage? Well, I mean, or... we get notes on game nights of like, hey, this happened. They should take commander damage. No, it's no. only combat. damage. Yeah. Also, hey, what happens if I steal Jimmy's commander and hit him with it? How do we track that? Also, what happens if it gets flipped over with Ixodron? How yeah. do we track it? Does it still count as your commander? Yes. What's the identity? By the yeah. way, the commander damage is always tied to the card, the physical card. Yep. So if Jimmy copies it and hits me with it, that's not commander damage. If Jimmy steals mine and hits me with it, it is. By the way, you also track, a lot of people don't know this, which is surprising, you mm-hmm. also track each commander separately. So I could have four commander damage from Jimmy, five commander damage from Mel, and then four di- commander damage from Jimmy's stolen version of, or stolen my yeah. commander. And that's another reason why I think it's super complicated because you got to track all that. Anyway, um, but to be clear, I think it should stay in commander. You don't have to just stop tweeting me right now. You just, you mid-sentence, you can delete it. Hold on, I'm going to tweet agree with, you. Yeah, I agree with you. It should stay Josh, in why do you want to get rid of commander why damage? Why do you want to ruin everything, Josh? I've built six decks that are all built around commander damage. <laughs> By the way, people started tweeting me like when they were, like I've gotten tweets like, I just killed somebody with commander damage. <laughs> <laughs> like send you screenshots? Yeah. Listen, I didn't say it never happened. I just said low percentage. Okay, anyway. Um, all right. In that case, y'all should feel special. You're, you know, you're a rarity. You're like a rare Pokemon. Get, I shouldn't have said that. I'm gonna get more tweets now than I did before. Guys, every time you kill someone with commander damage, or even hit someone for commander damage, you should tweet Josh. Be like, Josh, it was. It was <laughs> every it's, time it's, you <laughs> hit somebody, <laughs> it's oh, becoming please, relevant. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to create a new Twitter account. Yeah, because that one's gonna be too inundated. Okay. Um, Just call it I hate commander damage. <laughs> <laughs> See what happens. Okay, so new podcast on the block. The third uh, rules differential is that players begin the game at 30 life and not 40. You know, when we first thought about the format, I think even Gavin may have said something about this. It was like, it's a fast format. It's, you know, it's it's very aggressive. It's None of our games have played out to be very fast. Now, maybe it's because we have a deck like Moldrotha in the format because it's all about recurring stuff. But having the commanders as planeswalkers or planeswalkers as commanders, you know, having... It, we found that boards get stalled pretty quickly, but also just that our life totals were going up and down and up and down and staying around 30 a lot. Um, and the games lasted a little, a lot longer than I expected. Yeah, I agree. Um, I can't even see going to 20 life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you could do that. I mean, the game is... The thing is, with multiplayer dynamics, aggro is just never going to be super good in that format. I don't right. care what card pool you make because... If I'm playing against four people, the aggro deck has to be powerful enough to, you know, like knock somebody out and then still have a chance to knock the other two people out. Yeah. And that's just not the way multiplayer dynamics work. Yeah. And you can't balance aggro and standard to the point where it's so powerful it could actually take out three people because imagine how good that aggro deck would be one-on-one. Yeah. And you're doing three, and you're trying to kill three people. I mean, we ran to the exact same thing that we have on all the time in Commander, which is like, well, I'm not swinging out because if I do, I'm going to die. From the the other person. From the other person. Yeah. Yeah. So you, I mean, just getting into that is, I mean, I'm glad it's at 30 life. It, 
I can't even imagine how long those games would go if we were at 40. <laughs> well, also, the format, and because it's a small card pool, it's only seven sets, the format doesn't give you as many sort of, like, big coup de gras type. Yeah. I can win. You know, listen. There's no Crater Hoof Behemoth. Yeah. You know? There's just not a lot of cards that are just, like, this person wins. And there's not as many. There's not Cyclonic Rift. There's not as many board wipes. It's hard to. There's just a lot of standoff. That yeah, happens. or that's been our experience anyway. So I, I found the format to actually be not quick. I mean, we I, I could see it totally being different based on the decks that people have built. But I think I don't know. For me, I, f- I wanted to get cute. I wanted to do fun stuff. I, I didn't necessarily want to build like a lean, mean attacking machine in the format. So there is a lot of that. that I think that may have also led to having our games be a little bit longer. All right. So the fourth one is that the deck is only 60 cards. Mm-hmm. Still singleton, but only 60 cards. Yeah. I've had some people express dismay because it's hard to have a colorless commander. They're like, can we put wastes in our deck? Do, do those count as yeah, basic they're lands? Basic lands. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's a really interesting thing. I mean, here's the thing. There are no good, <laughs> like, really full colorless decks in regular commander, I don't think. I mean, I've seen a couple deck decks that are They struggle. Yeah. I mean, look, if they could have Ugin as a commander, that's a different situation yeah, you entirely. You the Cyan original, of, the what, Silver Golem? Yeah, is, is that what he is? Oh, no, the new one. The the new, yeah, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Scion of something. Scion of something. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's tough because it, that's, I think, one of the, I mean, we'll talk about this with the rotation too, but that's really tough because a lot of decks are going to live and die by the mechanics that are introduced in each set. And we talk, we have like the set breakdowns occasionally being like, is this mechanic going to be valuable later on? Does it pair with other mechanics? And I think with something like Brawl, you really run into a lot of problems with that. But I'm glad that the decks are 60 cards. Otherwise, I mean, you were saying you were struggling to find the last cards in your deck, right? Yeah, so one another thing Gavin told us in the lead-up and things that he had learned for us to keep in mind when building the decks was that, you know, because of the small card pool, a monocolor deck was really tough. Mm-hmm. It was just hard to find enough cards. You know, and... If it's a 60-card deck, you're going to put somewhere in the realm of 23 to 25 lands, probably, which means you're looking for about 35 cards, give or take, Yeah, depending on the deck, which doesn't seem like a lot. But when you imagine that a commander deck has you know, 18,000 cards in the history of Magic can pull from, this has like a 1,000 cards you can pull from. So you're 117th, and yet you have to find half as many playables. Yeah. You have 35 playables where a commander deck has to find... you know. 60 Mm -hmm. so it yeah in my deck and i was a three color i got i had like 30 real solid real good cards and the last five i was jockeying between a bunch of cards that i thought were like fine but not amazing but yeah i was like i wish i had more options for certain things too like self mill or blah 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 that was good you know there's obviously self mill in the format but it's not good and efficient yeah um one thing that i found was really tough was rebalancing the ratios that we normally have where it's like 10 card draw 10 um uh, ramp yeah but your ramp options aren't that great you have a lot of like three drops that are trying to ramp instead of you don't have any signets you don't have any kind of soul rings or if anything you're not like in that green. yeah if you're not in green you were just out of luck <laughs> i mean there's a few colorless ramp cards but not that many yeah i, I was trying to hit six and six obviously playing moldrotha i got to count my graveyard as right. uh, my hand so like um you know a card like perpetual timepiece I counted it as card draw. Right. I can't even imagine being in like, I don't know, blue-white, you know? There's just no ramp. There's no ramp. You have a lot of card draw. You got your cloud yeah. blazers and stuff, but you don't have ramp. Yeah, for sure. So you can just be so far behind. 
a green deck that just wasn't like ramp, ramp, ramp. Yeah. I'm playing, you know, my seven drop, and you're like, it's turn four. Mm-hmm. I have four lands. And also, I don't have Path to Exile and Swords Plowshares. They don't make those cards anymore. Yeah. yeah, that's the other thing is that you are, you're lacking, I mean, White's got board wipes and stuff, but, you Still know. Still not a ton. Still not a ton. And that's where you really feel the pain with 60-card decks is that, you know, normally in the commander deck, I get to build in like two, maybe three ways that I want the deck to win. I feel like in Brawl, you, you because you only have 60 cards and the card pool is so small, you're actually hurt if you're trying to like expand your flexibility in the ways you want to win or your sort of attack strategies. That You know, board wipes is, I think, to go back to what you are saying before, it's kind of the opposite problem for other colors that ramp is for like white. Right. Yeah, in Moldrotha, I've had a real t- hard time finding good board wipes, and it's like you, I basically took the ratios we have on the show, and we're trying to do like sixty percent of them or mm-hmm. so, so six and six, and then I wanted like two or three board wipes. But it's like in those colors, uh, green has zero. First of all, yeah, uh, blue has like doesn't really even have one full one, but it has some that'll kind of work. Black has like a negative three, negative three to everything. Yeah, Yehenny's like, expertise, right? Yeah, that's not going to get rid of everything. You know, Red obviously has some in the current standard format. They have the Star of Extinction mm-hmm. and the Hour of Devastation. White has quite a few. If you're outside of that, your board wipe options are like almost zero. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess we should talk. We should just talk about the fact that it's standard specifically. Okay, yeah. Because so I think this affects everything. That's the sixth point and I think kind of the biggest one. And... You know, I put out a tweet um, when the announcement was made and just asked everybody, like, what they thought. Mm-hmm. And, you know, got a couple, few hundred responses, a lot of responses. Thanks, everybody. Um, by far. How many of them are telling you that commander damage should be kept in the format? Uh, zero. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> we can change that. By far, I'd say 70% of the responses out of maybe 300, mm-hmm. 400, were talking about that they didn't like the fact that the format rotates. Yeah. Because think about this, right? I build my Moldrotha deck. I've got the deck, and the next set comes out. Great. I add a few cards. I take out a few cards. The next, or the next block comes out. Add a few cards. Take out a few cards. The next block comes out. Four of the sets fall off. I have to take those cards out. They're not legal anymore. The next set comes out. Moldrotha's not legal. The whole deck's gone. Yeah. I mean, that first rotation sucks because it's like, here's the strategy. Here's the synergies I've built. Here's the combos I've built oh, there goes half my combo pieces. Do I have to completely rethink how this deck plays? And honestly, that's why I don't play standard. It's why I don't play any rotating formats because it just is not... We are built and born and bred as commander players and the people that really love commander joined the format because it was a great way to reuse old cards forever. Yeah, you build your deck. I think of my Tim deck. It's one of the first commander decks I built. I still have it. I still love that deck. And, like, I'm like, oh, man. I, like, when I sit down at a GP or something, like, I'm like, oh, the next game, I'm pulling out the Tim deck. I'm yeah. excited. Well, in Brawl, you just, you can't do that. You're yeah. like, I love that Muldrotha deck, but that was three years ago. Not to mention, like, this is a self-policing format in a lot of ways, which means that you might run into situations where it's like, Kai, sorry, I don't actually have, this deck isn't legal in Brawl. Can I still play it? And it's like, well... In which case, the answer is probably yes. Yes, I agree. <laughs> and that's the thing. I think that's the the, the biggest issue that Wizards is going to run up against, which is you have a whole legion of players that have been conditioned to think that their cards are always going to be safe and okay. And now you're introducing this new format. Who is it really appealing to? Like the standard players that have extra cards that want to play this on the meantime? The commander players that have enough time and money to invest into this and be playing this in a rotating format? 
I, I, I don't know. It's really tough. And, and like the meta changes so constantly that what you might think is powerful is always going to be different. For instance, like Josh said, like normally if you're playing black and commander, board wipes are a you are good to go. But the fact that is you don't have them at all. So it's like, okay, do I need to build my deck now to know that if I'm ever playing white decks, I have to be wary of this when it rotates, what's, how's that going to change? You know? So I think the mental gymnastics that you have to do to really make brawl work is a lot of work. And it's a whole different meta that people have to start thinking about. And I don't know if it's honestly going to be what players want out of an experience like this. Yeah, I mean, rotation is just so tough. I remember remember around cons block when you and I gave Standard a shot. Yeah. And Jimmy and I were like- $8 Siege Rhinos, baby, yeah. let's go. You pl- yeah, you played the Abzan. I was playing Teamer. We went to a GPLA. We actually played in the main event, played Standard. We were excited. And then the first rotation came. And we all and- were like, Oh, I'm not. I can't do this. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, it's like I just want to play my cards. Yeah, I just if I have a card and I like it and I want to play it, I want to be able to. And rotation really stops that from happening. So yeah, I actually have a suggestion. I don't know. I know some Wizards people listen to this, so I'm. This is the first time I've ever done this, but I'm going to make a suggestion to Ooh, them. Okay, I have a suggestion too. Then okay. Um. So Gavin, Ethan. I don't know. I don't even know if they're listening or if they listen, but those are two people at Wizards. Um, <laughs> Here are two names of people that work at the company. Yes, Aaron. Aaron. Uh, Aaron, Mark. you listen to our... Mark, Mark. you listen to our podcast? They absolutely. Those last two absolutely do not. Gavin might, though. Um, okay, so... Well, if we're talking about Brawl, I hope Gavin's yeah. listening. Hi, Gavin. So he's like, you guys took forever to get there, so I stopped listening. Sorry. <laughs> That's probably what happened. You guys talked about your sponsors for too long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no one gave me a time code. <laughs> We lost him. Okay, okay. okay. So, <laughs> so instead of making it rotate like standard, I think what they should do is that the commander that you use, mm-hmm. it should give you your color identity for your deck, but it also should give you your set identity. And so the rule mm. should be that your commander, whatever your commander is, you can only play cards in that deck that were ever legal in standard with it. Right. So does that mean that you also get the cards... After. after yeah it's gonna it's gonna widen the card pool a little bit that's it, good right because let's say kaladesh is never going to have been in standard with whatever comes after the next rotation yeah, yeah whatever is three sets away or whatever right. right but they would both have been at some point legal with Muldrotha. right so like all the cards beforehand and Muldrotha stays here and all the cards before right. it rotates out so this bigger yeah. wider pool but there will be a point where a set comes out and it was and Muldrotha was never in standard with it and so you just can't put cards from that in the Muldrotha deck but the Muldrotha deck is always legal right within that rotating block and then i'm just going to make up the name of a set so return to kamigawa comes out <laughs> In four years. Sorry. <laughs> Return to Kamigawa comes I'm down. Out, I'm down. And there's a new legendary creature in that. And that one is legal the same way within its block. Anything that was ever in standard with it. Right. So any command, any brawl. And you can say like it starts with Dominaria. It starts with whatever. Right. right. So that you can't. I understand why they're doing it. And to be pragmatic about it, it makes a little bit of sense. Commander has, I think, revealed itself to them as probably their most popular format or at least among the top two with draft or fastest growing too i think is the definitely what i think and so they found out about this market and it's kind of untapped and they're trying to figure out like okay how do we encourage and incentivize those players that like that kind of play experience to you know buy our product and buy the new cards and and i I don't think that that's unreasonable for them to try and leverage that right this is the business do you guys know how business works (laughs) <laughs> this is how businesses work. But, they need to make money. <laughs> but it needs to be good for the players, too. And I don't yeah. think rotation is good for the players. I don't I think agree. they understand that casual players... Rotation doesn't work for them. They don't... They're not... I was going to say they're not hardcore, but who's more hardcore than Jimmy and I? 
we can't handle rotation. Yeah. We we have literally spent years of our lives making, you know, and tons and tons of hours talking about playing and making content for Magic. There are not more hardcore, you know, fans of this game than us. And we cannot deal with rotation. So it doesn't even have to do with how hardcore you are. It's just that there's a lot of players out there. They just want to play their cards. So I think yeah. if you did this and you said, okay, Moldrotha is... You know, the set identity is Kaladesh all the way to three blocks from now or whatever. Yeah. And then once you're there, you can always play that deck. You just, at a certain point, you can't add cards to it, really. Right. Because, and, and that's fine. It still encourages me to buy the new cards that come out. And then, oh, I pick a new Legendary. I build that deck. And that's with newer stuff. Yeah. And the thing that actually adds a little bit of excitement, too, being like, oh, this is going to be the last block for, for Moldrotha. really hope there's some good stuff in here, you know, so that encourages people to feel of like and that gives their commander a better identity too right like it it makes it i feel like you can even build more of a vorthosy thing around it too if you want to go that direction i i, I want to say something really quick here because i know there's a lot of people out there that are thinking like well why don't they just have brawl start now not rotate and just continue forward from now right like the new modern did with eighth yeah. edition i think the problem there is that in you know 10 sets or so you are encroaching on commander as a whole mm -hmm. it'll get to a certain point at some point where there's like four or five thousand cards in your card pool you've just outgrown it and well now you're actually fighting against the original format right. you're a viable alternative to it which i think they want to rightfully so they want to avoid yeah i'm all for your recommendation um you know the reason that we like limited is because that's how we handle rotation it's within a set you can learn it and by the time the new one comes out it's not like you have to not play with the cards you did before you get to you know learn the new set you get to draft yeah. it again and that's why i like about draft i don't like that about standard i don't like the rotation aspects of it i think anything that helps keep again the core essence of commander players started with people that loved getting value out of old things and being able to play their cards forever yeah that, that card that you're nostalgic for and you love you know i love this yeah. card i remember blah 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 that was like the first rare i opened or whatever you just want to be able to put that in your deck. And yeah. this would, I think, allow people to do it. Okay. And that'd be great for people that are just starting into Magic now to be like, oh, cool, this rare I opened, Moldrotha. Wow, I opened Moldrotha. I can build a Moldrotha deck now. And that's going to be the thing I really remember. And it's the upside is that your deck will be roughly the same power level, right? Because nobody can go buy OG, du OG Dual Lands right. or, you know, Lion's Eye Diamonds right. or that kind of thing. Because, and ideally, you know, any, any, bank of you know 10 to 12 magic sets in modern era that you can think of would be about the same power level i think this also gets you know let's say that the world was filled with hardcore brawl players and all they wanted to do is the same as standard players figure out the format find the best cards to the point where it's the decks are so good that they might have to ban some of the cards right like that's what the brawl players want let's say that we're in that world then i think you have an unfortunate circumstance where it's very unwelcoming for someone else to come in and play because people don't build decks for power level. They build decks, I mean, they don't, sorry, they don't build decks to play with. Like we have our casual decks and our hardcore decks. Their brawl decks are all about what's the best deck in the format, what can I win with the most? And then you start skewing towards that. And I think once you give people the opportunity to solve formats, it's not gonna be as healthy as saying like, here's all the cards you can use. And then here's for this one, here's all the cards you can use for this. I think I that's think a better too, way of doing like, it. You could always just have a ban list at some point. If you if you came across like, oops, we made this commander, it's way too powerful within the blocks that it's legal. Yeah, ban Moldrotha. <laughs> too early too early um i mean you could do that i think to sort of fight again anyway that's no different than you'd have to do now right you always have the possibility of any card that you design yeah accidentally sort of being too powerful within some format yeah definitely i don't like the idea of people wanting to solve the format though i think that takes away from what commander is and what the the essence of multiplayer gaming is you know something about gavin's article that wasn't stated is 
he, I don't think he ever really mentioned multiplayer as like the way you're supposed to play it. I think you can play it one v one. I think it's pos- actually a really fun one v one. Yeah, honestly, and and I think it's possible that they may even like run brawl tournaments one v one. That's obviously not how we play it because we like multiplayer magic yeah. and, and the way that commander works for us just made it sort of seem like that was a good idea. And I and you know obviously you can play it multiplayer. Um, you can play anything multiplayer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to say that just so that we were clear about it's not technically necessarily just a multiplayer format yeah Yeah. but we we've seen with commander how different 1v1 is from multiplayer yeah and that's what competitive edh is yeah Yeah. well no competitive edh well french is still multiplayer but french and dual commander is 1v1 yeah and they have to just ban a ton of different cards like soul ring because in 1v1 the it's not that self-policing thing we've talked about yeah yeah I mean, 60 cards, you're going to have decks that are a lot more efficient, that can hit their goals a lot more, I think, better efficiently. Because even in commander decks, sometimes I'm like, man, I really don't want to draw this card early in the game. But Brawl, I don't think you build your deck that way. So, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, we've had the chance to play it a little bit. I had fun. At the same time, just thinking about standard rotation made my stomach curl up. Because yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, this is well, now this would be a fun thing to bring to a GP. Like a fun, like hopefully shorter game of Commander that maybe you can play more games of. And I thought, well, how many of those same players are going to be at the next GP with a legal deck if the format rotates? And how many of them are going to be excited to like keep up with that when they already have their Commander decks that they could pull out that they know are never going to go away? Think of all that time you spend brewing the deck, coming up with cool interactions, and you're like, oh my gosh, and when you're playing it, and you figure out, like, oh my, I didn't even think of this, but this is about to happen, this yeah. is cool. And then think about the fact that it's just for an, at an arbitrary point in time, a whole chunk of it, just, just gone. Oof. Wow. It's just gone. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really tough. It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like, like that time where you like drink too much tequila, and then... <laughs> And then you're like, I, I can never, like, if I even smell tequila after yeah. that, like, it turns my stomach. That's how rotation felt for you and I, I think. The one time it hit us. Yeah. We, well, it was like, I have to I have to de-sleeve all of these cards. Like, and my like, entire deck's gone. Yeah, some of it's still legal, but it, the whole thing doesn't work anymore. Yeah, like, I need to replan everything. And I understand why people like that in standard, right? That That's the skill intensity of that format is knowing the format in and out and keeping on top of it. But that's meant to be a competitive and yeah. like and flagship thing of GPs. Like I'm in it to play casually and for fun. And rotation definitely is constantly fighting against that war. Okay, so overall, step back here. Thumbs up or thumbs down on Brawl? My thumb. I mean, we could do the uh, the gladiator thing. I don't even know what my answer is. <laughs> the gladiator. I'm listening thing. to the crowd boo me as Russell Crowe just went in there and just went ham. I will give it a thumbs up. I'm gonna give it like a. That is not a thumbs up or thumbs down. That is a. That's like you're trying to look cool with your thumb. You know, it's like doing the peace sign <laughs> like this. Like, yeah. Like you can't go all the way up. You're like, eh. Listen for gameplay. I think it was fun. I think. Yeah, we can. Re- yeah, we can re- do different things. Gameplay. Yeah, gameplay. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Rotation. Rotation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you know what? Like. People always accuse us of, you know, selling out to companies and stuff and like, oh, all you guys do is, is shill and stuff. It's like, no, we're real players. Like, we have real concerns. Obviously, we support the things that we like and we will talk about the things that we don't like. And we're very vocal about that in our Commander Summit series every time we do that every year. But yeah, for sure, rotation is the biggest downside of this so far. I hope we find a way around it before we have to like endure our first. Because could you imagine? Here's what's going to happen. Like, people are excited about it now. And, and, and you know, 
all those responses on Twitter, there was a number of people like, this sounds fun. I'm going to try it out. And I want people to try it out because yeah. I want to see, you want to give it time to breathe and see what's yeah. worth it and what's good and what's not. You but know? my big worry is that rotation is going to hit those people. And they're like, a lot of those people I think haven't felt what yeah. we felt. They haven't, they haven't drank too much tequila. And so they're going to hit rotation is going to hit them. And, you're gonna splinter. You're just gonna lose like half of the people that play brawl. At that well, point. you're gonna have the people that go. You know what? I want just to. You know what? My rule is that any card that's legal since Kaladesh is gonna be legal forever. You're gonna have people that's be like, I'm gonna do Josh's thing. You're gonna have people that's be like, I'm gonna stick with the rotation. And then all of a sudden, you have three yeah, five distinct formats five different there. formats. No one's gonna be able to play with each other, and you're gonna kill the format. Yeah, I think they. I hope they figure this out because I do think the idea is cool. I've yeah, been thinking about standard commander forever. Yeah. I was like, oh man, wouldn't it be cool if only you could use standard c- cards and stuff? Like, I mean, it's made it? for us in a way in that it's kind of like limited. Yeah. It's like commander, but for limited, right? The card pool is just, you know, 5% as big. And so I have to be real clever. I got to MacGyver some stuff. I don't have board wipes. Like, I, mm-hmm. you know, and it, I found that really fun is like, I don't have Cyclonic Rift. This is kind of awesome. Yeah. You know, I have to figure out what would I do, build a deck if it didn't have Soul Ring and Cyclonic Rift in it. You know, what would I put in there? in its place or blah yeah. blah blah and, and that challenge is fun yeah so okay um well you all know what the two of the listeners going to be what do you think about the brawl, f- brawl format yeah. are you excited upset indifferent let us know i um, hope you're not upset there's nothing to be upset about no one's forcing you to do anything certain people were upset i think there was a worry that it's like going to encroach on commander i don't understand that kind of argument in I general don't- if people Either. did find Brawl more fun than Commander, like I, that's not going to happen. But in some world, that that would mean it would be more fun, right? You know so what would be, be cool? If the next Commander set was uh, like, they'll call it like Brawl Basics or something. Uh-huh. It, was like, it was like a core set for Brawl that all decks could always use at all times so that you give options to some colors. For instance, like no matter what's in Standard, white is going to have access to a kind of ramp card. Right. The same that blue, you know, and, and that would be interesting to try and balance it out, but then you'd be messing with the standard rotation stuff, so. I mean, you'd have to make that stuff legal and standard, right, for it to make sense, or else you'd... Or you have a separate, like... You'd say everything legal and standard plus this stuff. I'm imagining it's Josh Lee Kwai's format, the one that you proposed, <laughs> uh, JLK variant, and in addition to it, you have, like, a, a core set that you can always take out of, which is this, like, one year of Commander product. Yeah, so it's, like, whatever sets were ever standard legal with your Commander, plus this plus, little subset of 50 cards that are always yeah, legal. Yeah, and that's going to, like, really help balance out and bring a little bit more, I don't know. Who knows? Because that's the other thing I'm worried about, too, right? Because, like, think about it this way. How often do you have a set like Kaladesh that's so dedicated to artifacts that any artifact Commander within that set is just going to be so much better than when they release one, like, way down the line? You know? True. I mean, but you're always going to have that a little, right? Because, like, right now, you could probably build an energy deck. Mm-hmm. That's just not, not going to be true in two years, you know? So. By the way, if you're going to play Brawl and they're not changing the rules, do not build an energy deck because you're, so much of your deck is just going to get wiped off the face of the planet when it rotates. I mean, you really want to build around a Dominaria. Just take our advice. Build around a Dominaria legend. They're going to be alive the longest in the format before rotation yeah. hits. Yeah. And they're also, there are so many legends, I think, because it's a legend set, basically, like yeah. from what we've seen. And you can use the cards in the 60, in the 59, that um, are from Kaladesh and either Revolt and stuff. But mm-hmm. if your commander rotates, your deck's just dead, right? Unless yeah. they just happen to print another legendary creature that does a similar yeah. thing. <laughs> Actually, my commander and my deck that I built, I was looking at the... Because, like, oh, wait. Well, if this rotates, what happens? I was like, oh, I'm only losing, like, five cards from Calvish and all that stuff, so... All right, all right. We will reveal what Jimmy's deck was, who our guests were, and what their decks were at some point in the future. So, please... Well, you can bug me about it. I don't care. <laughs> okay. Uh, to, oh, Are you sure did... you don't care? Huh? You sure? It is a little annoying. There you go. Yeah. I mean, do you to think commander honest. damage should be removed from the format? From which one? 
I'm just I'm just trying to bug you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we've been over this. I feel like I'm getting deja vu. Um, I right. heard. <laughs> now it's time for the end step, where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. I forgot to throw this. We're buying time. We're buying time. Um, how about this? Let's talk. We were just having a discussion about Steven Spielberg before uh, the podcast started. We we're talking about our favorite directors and just directors in general. Do you have any favorite directors? I think Edgar Wright is obviously on that list, right? Yeah, I like Edgar Wright a lot. Um, I've met Edgar Wright. I've worked with him, so that kind of colors you, right? Like, yeah. he's a really n- cool and nice guy. Certainly. So, yeah. Um, I mean, Spielberg's one of my favorites of all time. I think I don't put me on the spot. I don't like being critical of because there's so much that goes into making a movie. It's hard. It's really hard. It's one it's of the hardest things really in the hard. world. I, the way that I um, try to explain movie making to people is that. Imagine planning a wedding. Mm-hmm. So if you've ever planned a wedding or been around somebody who's planned a wedding, all the stuff that goes into it, and then the day of the wedding, all the stuff that happens that doesn't go along with the plan of the wedding, right? Every single wedding you've ever been to, there's little kerfluffles and mistakes. And this didn't get delivered on time. People are late. The makeup artist is not doing what we wanted. So many things. Yeah. The, somebody's outfit doesn't look how it's supposed to, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Imagine that a movie is planning a consecutive weddings 50 days in a row in different locations different and, countries and if and each mistake is a piece of the movie that's a mis, that's been a mistake and you're gonna have to stitch up later and mm-hmm. they, they compound so if, if the 39th day wedding there was a mistake made on the second day it will affect that 39th day maybe right you're also doing the wedding out of order yeah so some, one day you're doing the ceremony the other day you're doing this you know like it's a near it's when you when you work on a movie, you kind of marvel that they ever come out good. Yeah, that's a good point. I've been on so many sets where I, you know, I remember the very first movie I did, uh, and it what was, was with it? The, it was uh, uh, John Dies at the End, mm-hmm. directed by Don Coscarelli, very famous director. Um, he did Bubba Hotep. He did Phantasm series. Bubba and, Hotep, so good. Yeah, movie's amazing. <laughs> uh, and he's a very accomplished director. Really knows what he's doing. Runs a tight set. I get there and I'm so excited. Um, this is actually like my third day. We, we had some other stuff offsite, but I get there at, I think 12 and I'm supposed to be shooting at one. So I go through hair and makeup. I didn't shoot until 6 PM that day, just because things were running behind. Things were going slow. This, they, they were doing a lot of practical effects, you know, setting all that up. It didn't work the first time. All right, well, that's another 30 minutes to an hour reset, trying it again. The fog wasn't looking right. All these tiny little problems. John Salmon, the guy that shot Video Game High School, a good friend of ours, said that filmmaking is just consistent, constant problem solving. Yep. Um, it's all... That's why everything's held together with gaff tape or duct tape um, is because you're yeah. just constantly like, well, didn't think of that. That's falling down. Tape it up there. It just has to hold for five minutes. Like, yeah. Or Hollywood it. That's what they call yeah. Hollywood. Someone just like, all right, uh, go over there and just hold this just hold thing it. up. Just hold it. You do it. We don't want to put a C-stand up. We don't put sandbags, all that stuff. Yep. Um, not to mention every single second that you are not on schedule, you may as well look at a wad of cash just lit on fire and burning into the air because you're paying every single person to be there. The you're going to pay them ec- location to be there. You're paying extra money if they're going overtime. And every moment that you're delayed and not doing something, you're literally wasting thousands of dollars, sometimes, sometimes per second. Yeah. yeah. And that's how those big budget movies just get out of control sometimes is because I heard apparently on Solo they were doing up to like 20, 30 takes on some of the things because they didn't really know what they were doing. And every single time you do another take, think about you're only using one of them. Or maybe you're using a stitching of like two or three, but if 27 of those you're not using all that time, those five, six hours, 
millions of dollars just got spent. <laughs> Maybe not millions, hundreds of thousands of dollars are just going down the drain. It could be millions, yeah, easy. It could be millions, yeah. Um, so it's tough. Who's your favorite director? Uh, I, you know, I do really enjoy, I, I'm going to say it now, like, for the future, I think Jordan Peele is going to become one of my favorite directors oh, yeah. of all time. Yeah. Uh, I also really like Ron Howard. I and I think he's done some fantastic movies in the past. Spielberg obviously is up there. Um, there are a lot of really good directors, though. Cameron, James Cameron. He, James Cameron is he's kind of amazing. Um, yeah, yeah, a terror, but amazing. A terror, but amazing. Yeah. Um, I'll t- I can tell you some of my least favorite directors are. All right, go for it. Michael Bay, <laughs> Zack Snyder. <laughs> also terrors. Terrors, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like you're running a set, and you know, I don't. Those guys came from the music video world, and it makes total sense when you look at their movies, which just look like two hour long music videos with very little plot and understanding of what they're Fincher doing. Fincher came from a similar world, and his movies are great. Yeah, David Fincher's one of my favorite directors for sure. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't like. Obviously, you're right. I don't like being critical of directors because if you put me in that position and ask me to do any of that, there's no way. I mean, it's 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 a coin flip, right? Right, and the. You, you know this because Steven Spielberg, the greatest director of all time, arguably, but at least in among them, has made bad movies. Yeah. And if that guy can make bad movies, you know how much of a coin flip it is. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Ready Player One talks. is probably why, if you can't tell, is why we... Uh, We're talking about Spielberg. Talking about Spielberg, yeah. which we haven't seen yet. So, I read the book. see it tonight. I don't want to read the book. I have seen enough fan fiction in my day to know exactly what that book's about. You and I both love Snow Crash. You and I both love, you know, the OGs. So I think we know where a lot of the inspiration stuff came from as well. Yeah, if you read Ready Player One or you saw the movie and you liked it, um, or even if you didn't, I would highly recommend to read uh, Snow Crash, which is one of the early cyberpunk novels. And and you can tell the lineage is very clear as far as, uh, you know. It's like being like, oh, what came first? You know, Magic the Gathering or Warhammer. Right. You know, Warhammer, and then what came before that? Like, you know, you have Tolkien and all those stuff. Like, where did the lineage of things come from? It doesn't always mean the earlier thing's going to be better either. Right. You know, I, I'm where's it draw inspiration like, from? Yeah, sometimes newer, the newer stuff actually improves on the later stuff. But mm-hmm. in this case, I, I, Snow Crash is one of my favorite books of all time. So It's regarded as one of the best cyberpunk and just that era novel of all time. All right. Best of. One of the best podcasts of this era currently is the Masters of Modern. Oh, I thought you were going to say you're listening to it. <laughs> I was like, geez, don't not, do not put that on me. Is uh, the Masters of Modern podcast with Alex Kessler, Ben Bateman. They talk about the modern format, all things competitive magic. You can find them right next to us at collected.company. You can also follow them on Twitter at the MMCast. The editor for this show is Craig Blanchett taking Mr. over for Infect. Terry. Mr. Infect taking over for Terry Robertson, who's now working on Game Nights. You can find the full video episodes at youtube.com slash the Command Zone podcast. So please go on over and check that out if you want to watch us talking as well as seeing the card images. It's a great way. Something a lot of people put it on in the back in the work. I've seen it on TVs everywhere, which is really cool. Uh, and hopefully it means we're filming it high def enough to make that work. <laughs> It looks good on TVs. I've watched yeah. it at home sometimes when I have to check it. Oh, nice. Put it on the, IT, on the Apple TV. Yeah. It especially looks nice because we have these awesome animated intros and outros by Jeffrey Palmer. Nice. The one and only, <laughs> at Living Cards MTG on Twitter. Uh, big thanks to him, as always, for helping out on the show. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next time. Peace. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com.
or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.